Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad that you're joining us today, and I'm so glad it's Friday. I so love Friday, and I always remind you it's Friday, but Sunday is coming. So why don't you come and worship with us at Hickory Ridge Community Church this Sunday at 9 o'clock or 1045. Would love to see you, love to see you in God's house, and we'll make you feel right at home. Just come in through the big glass doors that say, welcome home, and uh, our greeters will be there for you, and uh, give you a cup of coffee, give you something to eat, and make you feel right at home. Well, I look forward to seeing you this Lord's Day. Well, today on this Friday broadcast, I want to talk to you about how to pray, specifically when I am confused. There's a lot of things in our lives that would cause an overabundance of confusion. Back in 2017, there was a church in Texas that had a terrible incident of a guy coming in and shooting up people within that congregation. Uh, It was called the Sutherland Springs Congregation and then Sutherland Springs, Texas. And it was just unbelievable, the carnage that took place on that Sunday in this very small congregation. As a matter of fact, there were so many different responses to this. Somebody going by the name of Count Ziegenpuss replied, what they need is meaningful gun control. Your prayers to the made-up, invisible being in disguise aren't helping to stop these repeated massacres. Paul Ryan, speaker of the house at that time, said the people of Sutherland Springs need our prayers right now. But look at the opposite reaction that we would get even on those who would post on Twitter. Somebody who has the Twitter name of 5AM Rise and Shine tweeted, they don't need prayers, they need gun control. A prayer won't do, and and I I won't give you the word they used, uh, this happens every week now in our country. We don't need prayer control, we need gun control. Somebody else tweeted out, they were literally a church. Clearly, prayer does absolutely nothing. Well, Paul Ryan responded after his tweet was responded to in such a negative way, and he responded to the critics by saying, it's disappointing, it's sad, and this is what you'll get from the far secular left. People who do not have faith don't understand faith. I guess I'd have to say, and it is the right thing to do, is to pray in moments like this, Because you know what? Prayer works. So does prayer work or does prayer not work? I mean, is American Christianity under attack so much that we have now got to the point we believe that prayer does not work? Well, as Christmas is quickly approaching, uh, we can expect uh, some billboards that may ridicule church attendance and the Christian faith and maybe even ridicule the whole Christmas story. But unsurprisingly, 63% of respondents in a recent survey believe that Christians are facing a growing level of persecution. So no matter how bad things are for us today, uh, the end is near. That's the message that Daniel had for his people. That's the message that I have for you today. It's going to get better, so let's pray. So I hope that you're convinced that prayer does work. And if you are, Let's talk about how do we pray in times of confusion. We're going to look at what Daniel said about this subject of prayer, and we're going to look at Daniel chapter 9. And here's my first point. When you don't know how to pray, and in times of confusion, let 
God speak first. Daniel chapter 9, Daniel writes, It was the first year of Darius the Mede, who was made king of the Babylonians by Cyrus. During that first year of his reign, I, Daniel, and here's the point, was studying the scriptures. I learned from the word of the Lord, as recorded by Jeremiah the prophet, that Jeremiah must lie desolate for 70 years. Now, let's get the context of this, okay? Daniel's an old guy by now. He's 85 years old. This book of Daniel starts when Daniel was 15 years old. So he goes back into his life, and and he's 15 years old, and he finds himself a prisoner of war. He's now gone through multiple changes in his life, test after test after test. And if you read the book of Daniel, you know he faces the lion's den, and he faces all the trials in his life for his faith. Things have not appeared to change for Daniel. He is now 85 years old, so that means he has spent 70 years in captivity. Now, I want you to circle, if you're taking notes, as you look at this whole chapter, you could circle phrases in this scripture that you could see in this passage, and it's a little word, no, that appears over and over and over again. You see, God always makes the first move. So God is going to speak to Daniel before Daniel knows how to pray for his people. Now, the more you know this about the Bible, the more you know about the Bible, the more your prayers are going to be answered because we let God speak and that way we know how to pray. Now, if you're ignorant of the Bible, you're not going to know how to pray. You're not going to know how to pray, why to pray. And so I want to encourage you as you begin your times of praying through confusion to let God speak first. God always makes the first move, right? We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, Jesus never asked us to do something that he has not already done first. He always makes the first move. So in Daniel chapter number one, Daniel is worried about the crisis in his life. And so he starts reading the book of Jeremiah. Now, here's the thing. Daniel and Jeremiah were contemporaries. They lived at the same time. When Babylon crushed Israel, Daniel is taken captive as a prisoner of war to Babylon. Jeremiah is left behind, and he's in this defeated, broken-down city called Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, Jeremiah is writing his book. So these guys are going to be there for 70 years. Daniel is reading this, and he starts to get filled with hope. This is what he reads, okay? And let me go back to Jeremiah before I talk about what Daniel is going to experience. In Jeremiah chapter 29, as he's studying this scripture, God says that you're going to be kept in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. But then I'll keep my gracious promise to bring you back home again, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you, not plans for your disaster. My plans will give you hope. My plans will give you a future. In those days when you pray, I will listen. So Daniel has this aha moment. He's reading this really depressing book of Jeremiah. He's in chapter 29, which is a depressing chapter. And then he stumbles across the fact 
that you will be kept in Babylon for 70 years. Daniel's looking at his life and says, wait, wait, wait a minute. I was 15 when I came here. I'm 85 now. We're at that 70-year mark. We're coming out of captivity. Daniel let God speak first. In John 15, 7, if you stay connected to me and my words remain in your heart, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. What's this talking about? This is talking about the fact that when we ask according to God's word, it will be given us. There's two conditions that are given here. You must ask any request you want in prayer, and it will be given to you if you believe. So we pray, but then we believe, and we're praying in the will of God. So in times of confusion, let God speak first when you pray. Number two, when it comes to knowing how to pray, know God's timing, and obey connecting prayer. Let me start with this first point by asking a very personal question, knowing God's timing. What do you really want in your life? I mean, what do you really, really want in life? But you've never asked God for it. Did you know that the Bible says that you can ask God for anything? You can ask God for literally anything. First step, listen to God. Okay, I read a little bit of his word, and and now I'm going to let God speak to me, and then I talk to him. Matthew 21, 21, Jesus says, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and you do not doubt, uh, not only uh, will you be able to do what I did to this fig tree, that, that is, he cursed that fig tree, but you could say to this mountain, be lifted and be thrown into the sea, and it will be done. But then verse 22 says, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. So the first factor is let God speak first. Secondly, you got to know God's timing so you can get connected on his calendar. And then you've got to obey by remaining in that obedience. As we look at knowing God's timing, oftentimes God will work through circumstances and he'll line up circumstances so that we can know we're in his timing. But you got to be very careful of that one because sometimes the enemy does the very same thing. Well, here's another point to remember. In our times of confusion, when we don't know how to pray, focus on Christ. We're going to go back to Daniel chapter 9, verse number 3. Daniel says, So I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking Him. Here's a tip for the husbands or, or even the wives on focus. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and they are focusing on their phone, or they're distracted by something else. Now, I've got to admit, I'm easily distracted. But give your full attention to your spouse when they are speaking to you, and it will do wonders for your marriage. Do the same thing with your friends, and it will do wonders for your friendships. Focus, look them in the eye, and fully engage with them. That's what Daniel is doing. Uh, He's kind of confused as to why he's been in Babylonian captivity for 70 years, and he begins to read God's word, and then he focuses his face to the Lord, seeking him, giving his full attention to the Lord. The New American Standard Version says, so I gave my attention to the Lord to seek him by prayer. 
you know, Proverbs 18, 17, it says, I love those who love me and those who seek me will find me. That's right. Find me. You know, I can't find God if I'm not looking for him. You've got to seek for him. Those who seek me will find me. Uh, Let me show you another verse that talks about seeking God and finding him. Jeremiah 29, 13, God says, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Now that's serious business right there. That's emotional seeking. That's giving your all to find him. You know, I remember my wife and I, when we started dating, uh, at first she wasn't really interested in me. And, uh, and, And so I began to pursue her. I began to seek after her. You know, I was rewarded for my diligence. I was persistent as a migraine. I wasn't going to give up on her. I was going to win her over one way or another. You know, God's kind of the same way. You're going to find me, he says, when you seek for me with your whole heart. Hebrews 11, 6 says, God rewards those who diligently seek him. You see, we tend to find what we're seeking for. Desire to find God and you'll find him. That word desire is an action verb. Uh, Let me show you another verse. Uh, This is a familiar one, right? Luke 12, 31. Jesus says, seek, there's that word again, seek, right? Seek first God's kingdom before anything else. God's kingdom is his priority, not your priorities, his priorities, before anything else. Seek God's kingdom before everything else, and all the other things you need will be given to you. Another one of these blanket promises, he says, don't seek wealth, seek God. He'll take care of what you need. Don't seek fame. Seek God. He'll take care of what you need. Don't seek pleasure. Don't seek a husband. Don't seek a wife. Don't seek all these other things that you're seeking. He says, seek me first. And if I'm first place, I'll take care of everything else. You put me first. I bless the people who put me first. Hosea 5, 16 says, God says this. When I don't seek him in every area of my life, it's not okay. Hosea says, I will return to my place on high. I'll sit. I'll wait until they, that's you and me, until they acknowledge their offenses. You see, we don't seek God. We don't ask him his opinion and his decision when we're doing our thing. He says, I'll just wait and I'll let them feel their guilt. And then they'll seek my face. And then their troubles and their distresses will be taken away from them. Let us return to the Lord so that he may heal us. Do you get what Hosea is saying? Hosea is saying, God, just wait. He's not in a rush. He's not impatient. He'll just wait. He'll just wait till you return, until you come back. Now, this is a description I think of what is happening in America today, in our small world today. God's just waiting for us to seek him. Oh, he's doing things to draw us unto him, but he's waiting for us to seek him. The third way that we pray, when we don't know how to pray, we begin by reading God's word and let him speak first, and and then we focus on Christ. But then number three, we must ask passionately. 
Daniel 9.3, Daniel says, And I began pleading with God earnestly in prayer. Earnestly. He was seeking God's face. Verse 4 says, I poured my heart out to God, bearing my soul to God. You know, Jeremiah carried on that same kind of theme. In Jeremiah 50, verse 4, it says, Then my people would join together in tears to seek the Lord. And they will ask the way to Jerusalem, and they will start back home again. Isn't it amazing? That makes me think about this story I heard a while back where there's a kid, a, a young kid, who, who at Christmas time, he wanted a Star Wars watch. It's a really cool watch. Had Yoda on it. It was just bugging his parents about it. And, and mom, he said, I want that Star Wars watch for Christmas. Dad, I want that Star Wars watch for Christmas. He keeps on and on and on. Every conversation, every meal, he's mentioning that Star Wars watch. And finally, his dad goes, Johnny, we got it. He says, we got it. But he says, everybody needs to share a favorite Bible verse before you get anything. So the kids go to their Bibles, and Johnny finds John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave. You know, that's many times how we are, are seeking passionately. We want what we want. But why don't we pray for what God wants? They were given a challenge, and the challenge is this. Ask passionately. One of my favorite verses, and this is a verse that is a a verse that really brings so much encouragement. Whatever you ask in faith, believing, it will be done. What are you passionately asking God for today? I mean, determined that you're going to keep asking him, like that little boy who wanted that Star Wars watch. Keep on asking doing whatever is necessary to see that prayer answered. Daniel pours his heart out to God. Jeremiah poured his heart out to God, asking passionately. And then number four, after you have asked passionately, after you've let God speak first, and you're seeking God's face, and you focus on Christ, show that you're serious. In Daniel chapter 9, verse number 3, the end of verse number 3, it says that Daniel started fasting, and he went without food. To show my sadness, I put on rough clothes and I sat in ashes. Now, it's one thing to ask for something passionately. It's a whole nother thing to show that you're really serious about it. You see, too many of us are serious about the sins of others while excusing our own sins, and and we're serious about what captures our thoughts. But Daniel said this, all of Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses and the sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against you. You see, Daniel realized they were in captivity for a reason. It wasn't because they were an outstanding, God-fearing nation. They were in Babylonian captivity because of 490 years of disobedience. Now, I want you to know, 
in times of confusion. I'm going to be serious about praying, and I'm serious about getting things right with God and with others. There's going to be no blame game. I'm taking full responsibility. He's taking full responsibility for his sin and the sins of the nation. Well, there's a fifth thing. As we pray in times of confusion, and that is to be thankful for God's love and God's promises. We drop down to verse number nine of Daniel chapter nine, and Daniel says, then I said, Lord, you are great and you're an awesome God, always fulfilling your promises, always constantly loving us. You love us, and so we keep your commandments. And Daniel says down to verse number nine, he says, even though we have rebelled against you, you, Lord, are merciful and you are forgiving. You know, in times of confusion as you pray, fill that prayer with thanksgiving. I know it's hard when you're confused to really be focused on thanksgiving, but there are six benefits that I found in being filled with gratitude. Number one is that that gratitude opens up the door to more relationships. You know, when I'm grateful for things, uh, they appreciate in value, and I gain more. You know, gratitude does something else. It also improves my physical health. Did you know that grateful people experience fewer aches, fewer pains? They report feeling healthier than other people. This was a study that was done by a group a few years ago. And they says it's not surprising that grateful people are also more serious about taking care of their health. So don't take your health for granted. Give thanks for your health. Number three, gratitude improves my psychological health. It increases my happiness and decreases depression. You know, gratitude also enhances my ability uh, to be empathetic toward others, and it actually reduces aggression. Yeah, grateful people are more likely to behave in a pro-social manner, even when others are less kind. According to this study by the University of Kentucky, uh, they studied participants, and they discovered that those who were grateful ranked higher in giving care to others. Even when they were given negative feedback, they experienced more sensitivity, more empathy toward other people, and they had a decreased desire to seek revenge. Well, if those four reasons haven't convinced you to be filled with thanksgiving, how about this one? Grateful people sleep better. Yeah, writing in a, a gratitude journal actually will improve your sleep. This was a study that was done by Applied Psychology and Health and Well-Being. And if you would spend just 15 minutes jotting down a few grateful sentiments before going to bed, you will sleep better and longer. Well, here's another one. Gratitude improves my self-esteem. This was another study that was done by the Journal of Applied Sports Psychology And they found that gratitude increases the athlete's self-esteem, which is an essential component in order for you to be at optimal performance. Or number seven, gratitude increases my mental strength. You know, for years, 
Research has shown that gratitude not only reduces stress, but it may also play a major role in overcoming trauma. This study was done, and they discovered that those who are are Vietnam War veterans were at higher levels of gratitude. Those that had a higher level of gratitude experienced a lower rate of PTSD. Amazing. Well, I'm going to give you one final point. When you don't know how to pray in your times of confusion, humbly confess your sins. Daniel cried out to the Lord and says, Lord, we have sinned. We have done wrong. We've rebelled against you. We've ignored your commands. We've rejected your laws. We have refused to listen to your servants. That is the prophets. They gave us a message and and we didn't listen to that message. We ignored that message. Humbly confess. You know, confession is good for the soul. Confession makes life brighter. Humbly confess your sins. Well, thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers of confession today. May we be held safe this weekend as we worship you and as we spend time in your word. Thank you for blessing us with the many blessings you have given us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.